Greetings, friends. Welcome to Building Tradition, where designers, builders, preservation professionals, and building artisans tell their stories. History informs the future, and so will our guests. I'm your host, Pete Miller. Our guest today is Michael G. Imber of Michael Imber Architects, San Antonio, Texas, who recently presided over the John Russell Pope Awards jury as the jury chairman. Michael has amassed six, count them, six Palladio Awards, also an Arthur Ross Award, as well as a Texas Society of AIA Awards. About his firm's work, Michael Imber says, Our buildings embody the knowledge, pride, and passion of the carpenter, the mason, the ironsmith. They are a testament to their art and their sense of beauty, and it is their hand that remains long after they're gone. Just last year, Michael Imber was a visiting professor at the Yale School of Architecture. Michael Imber was named as one of traditional building magazine's 25 who's who in classical design. Welcome, Michael Imber. Peter, you make me sound pretty damn good, so I'm happy to be here today. (laughs) You are good. That's why I invited you. (laughs) So tell us about some of the projects that you and your team have designed, which have won awards, and what do your winning projects all have in common? Well, it's 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 interesting because you know, given the number of Palladio awards that we've won, uh, it's it's has spanned over you know a great deal of time over the Palladio awards. I think some of our earlier projects were more historically driven. We were you know really. Um, uh, it was really important to us to get the historical details right, uh, you know, really studying precedent closely and and uh, you know making sure that the integrity of of that language was followed through. Um, as our firm has grown and involved, uh, you know, later Palladio awards have been more evolved. I would say, uh, yeah, still historically. Uh, connected, you know, we that historical continuum is really important to what we do. But you know, we've always focused on evolving tradition into the future, and it's it's nice to know that the jurors of Plotio have recognized our work and and doing that, uh, and that it's not merely uh, looking to the past and repeating the past, but looking at how we use the past. Uh, to move architecture into the future. And so we've, we've been really excited about that development. You know, classicism has rules, it has precedent, and a lot of people think that the classical movement is about, uh, you know, style police. Uh, if it doesn't have columns, it's wrong, which is really not the case. It's really about the advocacy of that precedent you talk about, the educate the classical education. I mean, if, if you're trained as a classical architect, you can play uh, jazz, you know, um, you can go any which way. Have you ever entered um, a modern design competition? I, you know, we, we have, you know, it's, it's obviously, you know, not our ball field. It's, um, and harder to, to play within that genre because, you know, it is so specific and so style driven and so technically driven and almost prescriptive. These days, uh, I think the AI has has really uh, begun to carry a checklist that you have to make before even entering the awards. Uh, so it's to us, it's 
less about what we're about, which is about culture and history and and uh, understanding how architecture reflects all of that, uh, the just stylistic trends, if, if you will. And so we, we typically stay away from those awards that tend to recognize you know, that aspect of architecture. You know, I know you're an artist in your, quote, spare time, uh, watercolor renderer. Um, have you hand-drawn every project that you've entered into Palladio? Oh, that's an interesting question. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm certain that um, I have. Uh, you know, we, you know, we're not stuck in the past. We, you know, we're, we use modern methods to produce our, our architecture, uh, but we, it always starts with drawing. I, and typically, and a lot of our projects and a lot of our Palladio projects, uh, it starts with the landscape. And often we start that understanding of the landscape by, by sketching the landscape. And then that continues into conceptual designs, which are always, uh, you know, conceptualized by hand. And then eventually that that moves on to the team developing in, in computer, whether or not that's three-dimensionally or or in, in AutoCAD or, or other means. But yeah, it, it there's there's always a touch of the hand in our projects. Yeah, I remember sitting in a meeting with a group of architects. Uh Robert Stern presided over the meeting and there was this argument as always is between modernism versus classicism, classicism versus modernism. And Stern slams his fist down on the table and says, I'm not a modernist. I'm not a classicist. I'm an architect. And I thought to myself, well, you're going to get more commissions that way if you don't, <laughs> if you don't define yourself too, too narrowly. Um, yeah, we, and we have done some modern work. You know, it's and, and you know, although we haven't entered it in design awards, they've been published and uh, recognized. And yeah, this may be from my point of view, but I've always said that it, you know it's very difficult for a modernist to design a classical building, uh, but easy for a classicist to design a modernist building. Right. Good point. Um, yeah. So, good point. Uh, yeah, we've enjoyed you know dabbling in that from time to time. You have a house on the cover of Traditional Building this month, which you designed for a client on Moosehead Lake in Maine, which I don't know that I would call it classical, but it's certainly vernacular, right? How Don't the two terms yeah, sort of... Yes, I do. And thank you very much, Peter. <laughs> yeah. I mean, talk about the difference between classicism and the and the vernacular. Is it the same? Or? Well, you know, and... and... I think that's what traditional building does so well is that they, they, they recognize the spectrum of uh, the formal canonical uh, traditional architecture, such as classicism. Um, and, you know, and there's a lot of architects that are very canonical in their work and you know, follow the orders and, and you know, follow the rules uh, you know, to um, a T. And I don't, I don't mean that, um, in a negative way, I think they're they're very academic in the way that they approach uh, classical architecture and, and you know, how they view it. Uh, but traditional building and the Palladio Awards has recognized that entire spectrum down to uh, you know mud huts, if I 
if, yeah, if you will. Um, and this house in Maine uh, is neither of those. It's it's somewhere in between. It's it's you know we're looking at uh, trying to convey a traditional architecture of Maine, one which isn't really easy to put a thumb on when you're up in Northwest Maine. It's not coastal Maine. It's not the Adirondacks. It's not uh, a, a lot of things. So you have to really kind of decipher and balance between those those vocabularies and the materiality uh, to derive a style that's appropriate for the for the place and, and this particular dramatic landscape in which this house is set. So um, you know, we're, we're very pleased that you know, traditional building recognizes that effort. Um, okay, so put your juror hat on. You've served on a bunch of different juries, including Palladio a few years ago, and more recently the John Russell Pope Awards. You were the jury chair. Um, can you describe in general terms what the juror's criterion is for bestowing uh, a Palladio Award? Um, yeah, we've, and we've, we've probably served, you know, on every chapter for the ICAA awards. So, um, yeah, that's, it's, it's always interesting in, in the variety of work that you see from, from region to region. Um, yeah, the Palladio awards are, are the most interesting because it is the only national, uh, recognition for traditional design in the country. Um, yeah, of course, the ICAA have their design awards, but they only go by region. So to have, uh, you know, one award that really recognizes the best of design uh, nationally is is really important to the profession and those who practice traditional architecture. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's quite an honor to serve, you know, on, on those juries. Well, what key elements are you looking for when you're studying the entrance? So, integrity, number one. Um, How do you define that? You know, I think, uh, you know, we always, uh, I like to always tell clients, you know, there's there's a million ideas on a project. Uh, there's thousands of great ideas. Uh, there's very, very few right ideas uh, that you apply to a project. And yeah, that's where we start is that integrity. Often it, it, it boils down to the ability to edit as much as it does to, uh, you know, to use the language. And so I think, you know, we really look for something that is thoughtfully derived, not only conceptualized from its conceptualization, but, but down to the very details that support the, the very idea of, of what the project should be. Uh, so, uh, you know, you always begin, you know, with the floor plan and understanding, you know, how, how, how you move through space, uh, how that ends up informing massing, uh, how that ends up informing uh, composition and proportion, and, you know, then how, you know, detail ends up uh, informing the emotion of the building and, and reinforcing everything. So it's when all those elements come together that you really have an exceptional Project. That's well. And, that's well put. It's it, it's it's. I know that the craftsmanship, the materials used, are often absolutely. notable yeah. in jurors' minds. In my experience, I, I'm going to be a juror of the um, Rocky Mountain chapter 
design competition, um, Jacques Benedict. And I'll be interested to see what the, you know, what classicism looks like in the Rocky Mountain region. Um, of course, you're not far from there. No, we're, we're not far, but it's, it's really quite different, you know, in terms of the region. And I, I think that's the great thing about these different chapters is that they do recognize, you know, these different approaches to uh, regionalism and traditional architecture within those regions. So you, you go through all the notebooks, uh, each juror uh, selects their semi-finalist uh, notebooks, they put them aside, and then um, when you've boiled it down to uh, semifinals, there's a, a deliberation that takes place where jurors talk to each other about what they like and don't like about those entrants. Have you ever been talked into bestowing an award to a particular project that you were tentative about? Uh, not that I remember. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing, you're doing the convincing, right? <laughs> well, no, you know, I don't think it really works that way. I, I, I think that there, there's definitely uh, an intensive dialogue that happens, you know, usually, uh, well, always you're on these juries with respected peers, uh, people who you really admire, uh, within the profession. Uh, they're typically coming to it from different practices, from a different viewpoint, from a different way of thinking or intellectualizing you know, what they do. And so there's, there's always a lively discussion that happens when you reach that point of uh, the, the, the jury. And I think if you have a juror who believes that there's a reason to disqualify a project, Everybody listens and everybody's respectful for that. It's it's rare that somebody tries to talk you out of out of that reason. Now, you know, a good jury, you know, everybody listens, everybody uh, you know, tries to understand the rationale and, and and balance that and judge it. But it's it's usually the jurors that that say that there's an issue and this is the issue and why that everybody comes on board with then it is the jurors that say, well, I like this project. It should win because of this. Um, and I have to say that about award competitions, that the, the one pitfall that you have a tendency to fall in is the one element that diminishes the whole. And that's what the jury is going to grab onto. And you know, the, often on these... Uh, competitions, you know, we go through the imagery and there's, there's two frustrating things. There's one, when you have a project that only shows you two pictures and you're like, well, this is a good project, but I don't understand it. There's not enough here for me to comprehend the project. So I have to disqualify it or two, the project that shows you too much. And yeah, that's those are disappointing as well. You have a really good project, and then they show you something they did that's just uh, it, it diminishes everything that they've shown you before, and you know, that often ends up disqualifying the project. Yeah, and then when you get down to the finals, sometimes the process is about disqualification because they're all pretty good. I know that the jury gets frustrated when they can't see a floor plan with on a renovation project with before and after, you know, what exactly was before and, you know, shade the part that you, that you actually worked on. I had a juror one time ask me, 
Does it have to be a Palladian villa? <laughs> How would you have answered well, that? I want to. I want to go back. I want to go back to what you you just said, though. Uh, it's it's not that they're pretty good. This is supposed to be the best. Yeah, the best. good point. And so, yeah, especially the Palladio Award. I mean, you're holding up a much much higher standard than just a regional award. Um, you know, where a regional award, you know, you're aspiring to move uh, the language forward. Uh, to show you know what's possible in architecture, uh, but the Palladio Awards is really about the highest level of excellence. That this is this is the example for the profession to follow. And what's really difficult is when you get to the point in a jury on the Palladio Awards or or an awards like the Palladio, where you have to say there's simply not a project in this category that measures up to that standard. And so we can't award a project within this category. That happens. That happens. It happens. Yeah. yeah. And it's a hard decision to make because you want to encourage people. You want to encourage the profession right. to keep moving this ball forward. But at the same time, you've got a standard you've got to uphold. Yeah. Now you've won Palladios for residential projects. One that comes to mind that's won two in two different categories, the ranch in Texas. And you've won a Palladio for, as I recall, a sorority house at the University of Arkansas. Um, yeah. Do you have a favorite category? There are 12 categories. Do you start out thinking, okay, let's aim for this category or that, or is it just is it project, <laughs> project driven? I, I'm, I'm just ticking off the, the categories, am I, Peter? Yeah. I will tell you, I, I will tell you, Michael, that when, when you win for a residential project, it's usually a period house over uh, 5,000 feet. That's the most competitive category. We get the most entrance. That's, that's a very so good for you because you're winning against the, the toughest competitors. There are other categories that don't get as many entrants. Um, I, won't, well, I won't tell. Yeah. And, and yeah, that's, it's interesting because that is the toughest category. <clears throat> there's, there's two of my favorite categories and they're, they're both in the residential uh, the toughest is uh, the larger, I can't remember what the cutoff is, over 5,000 square feet or whatever, because you end up getting these these monster houses that just have no budget, and they're just going for everything. And uh, that's that's not necessarily moving traditional architecture forward. Uh, really, my favorite category is that category under 5,000. Because it's small enough that you can really control the architecture. It's small enough that you're challenged by by creating something that has a high that high of a level of integrity. And you're usually challenged by the budgets as well. Yeah. yeah. And so those are where the really good architects shine. Yeah, it's it's like writing. Sometimes it's what you leave out that counts. It's 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 editing. Yeah. It's editing. Exactly. Yeah. But I have to tell you. The toughest category and the one that I respect the most is the commercial or institutional category because so much of the world is stacked against you accomplishing excellence within those categories. I mean, they, you know, everybody is against you from, from the client to the builder to the budget to the building codes to you know, the list goes on and on. And 
for an architect to overcome all those challenges and to end up with an award-winning project. Uh, that's really quite admirable. You were at Yale last year. Did you get inside Schwarzman, um, the Schwarzman Center? That just won a book. Oh, I did. Absolutely. Holy, I explored every building I could. Holy cow. That is, that's a stunner. That is a stunner. Yeah. Beautiful building. So what does it mean to you um, and your team when one of your projects wins? Do you do you have a champagne celebration in the conference room? Uh, Texas is probably more like margaritas, but (laughs) (laughs) I'll have one break out the tequila. (laughs) So no, we're, you know, it's, it's something we're, we're very proud of. We we do celebrate every time we win an award and, you know, it's, I, I think the thing that we're most proud of is, is we're a firm that's based in a very small market. And when we win a national award, uh, we really appreciate the fact that we have relevance on the national stage and um, and that we're making an impact uh, in the profession on a national level. So we're really, really proud of that fact. You should be proud of that, Michael. And you have made a big impact on the national stage, setting a, a, a good example for uh, appropriate, classical, well-edited design. Thank you so much for being with us today. We're out of time, but boy, oh boy, I appreciate your insight. And as I say, the example you set for the rest of us. Well, thank you, Peter. I'm Pete Miller, and you're listening to Building Tradition, brought to you by Traditional Building Magazine. Subscribe on Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. 